When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corn Roof Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my sidekick, Kevin Langley. We have a good show for you guys today. Some sad news to start the show, but we have lots of Twitter questions from y'all, of course. Remember... Every time Kev tweets that out, respond. Let us know what you want to hear about. Uh, also, we have some college football, college football news. Yes. And we have our top five coaches we love to play for if we were pro football players. So, Kev, we're yes. starting to show, unfortunately, on a sad note, yesterday Don Shula passed away, one of the winningest coaches in NFL history, coached 72 Dolphins. One of the top, probably one of the top ten greatest coaches of all time, no question. Uh, he passed away um, yesterday, so it's a really sad day for the NFL. Honestly, he. I mean, what do you? What? what I, I want to like. There's really nothing much else to say about Don Shula because he was just a great coach. He was, you know. All those Dolphins teams in the 70s and 80s who won all those games, he was the reason why. So. I also forgot he coached for a ridiculous amount of time. Yeah, I know. I don't know if I forgot or never realized it. I heard today he's the winningest coach in NFL history. Yeah, he was. He won 328 regular season games and then I think 374 total. If I have that right, I might be off. But it makes sense. He coached for the Dolphins for 25 years. I think that's the longest stretch of any coach, right? It might be. It has to be. I mean, Bill's coming up on him, but... I think Bill's at 20 now. I think 2000 was was his first season. Yeah. Oh, and also Don Shula coached for the Colts for six years. So he coached over 30 years in the league. As a head coach. That's that's absolutely insane. Like, no, I don't get how you can coach that long and also that well. That's what greatness is, man. Through only undefeated season. Yeah, to win the title, undefeated season. That's what I meant, like the whole season. Mm-hmm. But um, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Miami community, Shul family, Dolphins family, everyone else involved. Um, Kev, beast mode in the news again. Uh, he's thinking about he might make a comeback now. 
yes, he is in talks with the Seahawks to make another comeback. Beast Mode's back. I was kind of hoping if he came back, it would be with a random team. I was kind of hoping he'd just go to, like, the Bills again. But, Um, I don't know, I just kind of like the idea of every year Marshawn Lynch going, hey, I'm going to retire. No, I'm going to go to the team I played with the year before. No, I'm going to go play for the other team now. And just do that continuously until he's Frank Gore's age. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Frank Gore's on the Jets today. Yes. Yeah, so, love hearing that. Keep keep chugging, Frank. Canes all, Canes all day. All right. But with Marshawn, like, is he really going to play, though? Because, like, you got Chris Carson. They got Travis Homer, who came on well at the end of the season. And they just drafted DJ Dallas to be kind of a uh, out-of-the-backfield guy. Like a Sproles-Clement type. Like, just catching, the, like, James White-ish. Just, like, to try to, like, you know, you know be a change-of-pace guy. It's going to be a crowded backfield in Seattle. So, I don't know. I, I mean, he looked kind of – he looked slow last year. That was the thing that bugged me, I guess. I don't really think Marshawn cares. At no, this point Marshawn. in his career, I don't think he cares. He just wants to sit on the sidelines eating his Skittles. <laughs> if – and also, I mean, if the Seahawks have a roster spot, it doesn't hurt to have depth, especially at that position. Running back, you always want to have at least four guys in a roster. So, I think – I think he's a good guy to have there, especially, you know, if they get it at the one and they decide not to throw it, just give it to Marshawn. doesn't matter how fast or slow he is. Fair enough. All right. Kev, we got some CFB news. What do you got for me? So SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey the other day was doing an interview on the Paul Feinbaum show because, of course, he was. Oh, yeah. You know, ESPN, SEC. SEC loves their fine bomb, and I don't get it really. But but on the interview, he said, there's room for different conferences to make different decisions, kind of indicating that, yeah, the SEC might play, but the Pac-12 might not, or the Big 12 might not, or some schools in the Big 10 might not. And, like, Alabama's already said that they're going to have – they're going to play sports this year. A couple other schools, Baylor has, Virginia has – I think Virginia Tech has as well. That's the first ACC school to announce it besides Virginia, so... Not Texas, not Virginia Tech. Baylor, Virginia, Alabama, Texas A&M, and Texas Tech have all already said that they're going to play this year. Virginia's first ACC school, and generally Virginia is one of the leaders of the pack when it comes to ACC decisions, so I'm hoping that most of the ACC schools, Miami, um, will play... uh, I, I'm hoping for college football. Honestly, what's Pac-12 going to give us? <laughs> Let's be honest here. A team that's going to get their butt whooped in their New Year's a New Year's Day game, it, it really doesn't matter. SEC, the ACC get Clemson. You might get some fun with Miami and Pitt and Virginia and Virginia Tech. Like, basically, Big 12, Big 10, SEC, ACC, that's all that really matters in college football right now, so... I'm all for this. I am very much about, like, if the NFL draft proved anything, and if the recent news has proved anything, we're starting to hit the decline of this um, pandemic. Fingers crossed. Um, now, new new predictions, projections say it's going back up. Eh, projections. I want to see the actual, it actually go back up. I, I'm staying optimistic here. But 
that's also because people are going outside more. All I know is my state, Connecticut, it's been going down continuously. New York, been going down. So um, we'll definitely see how it goes in the future. I still think that, especially in the South, Kev, SEC football is their economy. You worked in a shop that basically ran Alabama football, so. Yeah, um, I think I think those states opening now is horrible. I think it's going to end very badly for Florida and Alabama and Georgia because those are the last states to close, and they're trying to be the first ones to reopen. But I I don't know how this is going to impact a school like Alabama's plans. True. But also, I mean, towns can put in kind of an advisory, stay at home, do this, do that, but they can't really enforce it much. So it'll it'll be fun to see kind of what's going on with that. It's gonna be interesting, that's for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I try to when this when it comes to stuff like this, I try to stay optimistic because that's all I can really do. I want sports back. You want sports back. We all want sports back. We're just hoping it goes the right way. I mean, when it comes to stuff like this, though, there. There's more you can do than just be optimistic. Stay home, wash your hands, wear a mask when you go out. That's what I've been doing for work every day. I'm an essential worker, by the way, folks. I go to work every single day, every single weekday. Mask on, gloves on, hand sanitizer in my pocket, ready to rock and roll. It's not hard. I've been doing it for since March. It's so not, be like not, Jared. Wow, first time Kev's probably ever said that. And the last time I'll ever say that. I doubt it. All right. Kev, so our our loyal Twitter followers. Loyal. We asked some questions. We only got three today. I'm a little disappointed you suckers. But uh, the two three on Twitter. Yeah, Yeah, I posted on Instagram and we got one on Instagram. All right. So if I wasn't working until literally about an hour and a half ago. I would have probably reposted it, but I was working like a dog, so that's my bad. But here we go. Kev, we got Twitter questions for our lovely folks here. What do you got? Who's the first up? Uh, first up is going to be our buddy KJ over at Puck Puck Pass. All right. His Twitter, I feel like I should plug the belly up guys who ask questions, is at right. hosted by KJ. He wants us to rank the Power 5 conferences based on their best team right now. All right, so number one, SEC, Alabama, and um, LSU is like a second, but like a mile down because no Joe Burrow. It's going to be a little bit of a drop-off this year. Um, Two, Clemson, ACC. I guess three, Big 12. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Three, Big 10, uh, Ohio State. Four, Big 12, Oklahoma. I guess five, Pac-12, Oregon. Oregon, Washington, whoever they'll decide to show up. Yeah, somebody in the Northwest that's got a good recruiting. Yeah, that, that's mine too. Right now, because just because they won the national championship, LSU is the best team. So SEC, ACC with Clemson, Ohio State. That Yeah, it's the same thing, same reasons. I have a question for you though, Jared, that was not asked by one of us. It's being asked by me. If we just look at the conferences as a whole, do those rankings change at all? I'd flip ACC and Big Ten. 
Because the ACC after Clemson is basically Miami, which is still in a rebuilding state. They're 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 still they're going to win not eight nine games this year, but they're still rebuilding. You got Pitt, who's basically just there for the memes. Uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, who are really just kind of shells of what their program used to be. And you just got Clemson beating the living snot out of everybody. North Carolina and Florida State are a joke. But it's still better than the Pac-12. Um, the Big Ten is kind of a joke, basically. Because Big 12, I mean, because you have Oklahoma, Texas every year. Oklahoma State basically comes out hot and then fizzles out. The Pac-12 always has a couple teams that are good. But then again, they always play like bad out-of-conference games. So, it, it's to me, if we're going to rank conferences, total roster, SEC is number one, Big Ten number two, and then ACC number three, Big 12 a close four to the ACC because the ACC really got to get their act together, and then five is Pac-12. Uh, I don't completely agree with you on this one. Unlike best teams only, um, I would have to go number one, SEC. Number two, Big Ten, just because, I mean, Michigan, like, they struggled this year. They can't beat Ohio State, but they're not a bad team. Penn you know, State's Penn, always sneaky Penn State, good. Wisconsin, Purdue. So they have sneaky Iowa. good teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number three, Big 12. Just because I think they have two good top. That's it. They're, just two. Their top two teams are better. Their number two team is better than any team in the ACC. No. Whether it's Texas or Oklahoma that year. Get your Miami bias out of here. No, mine's not Miami. I'm just saying, like, there's always a team better. Also, Texas always fizzles out every year. Should talk to me about when Texas has more than four losses. Less than four losses. Okay, if they're in the ACC, they'd only have two. We'll see. I don't know. I think they, I think then, it, I think the ACC had a down year this year. I think we're gonna be it's gonna be up this year. The ACC has had a down like past three years. I know because Dabo basically went full Thanos on that conference for the last couple of years. Can I finish my list now? No. Number four, <laughs> act tw- number four is the ACC, just because Clemson is pulling that conference up. If Clemson wasn't there and this conference looked the same, they would be number five. Their only savior is Clemson in this situation. For once, Clemson's their savior. And then number five, Pac-12. They have good teams. Uh, Utah, Washington, Oregon. They're all pretty good teams. A lot of them had CFP buzz throughout the season, but they always let down their fans. Because they can't play defense, and they can't stop any physical teams. Yeah. They, it's like they a seven-on-seven league at this point. The Pac-12 is like the Big 12, except the Big 12 has explosive offenses. Yeah. Defense so throw out on par. The Pac-12 defense looks better because their offense is not as explosive. Like an, a Big 12 game will be score like 65 to 50. Meanwhile, a Pac-12 game will be like 21 to like 14. If you go, oh, Pac-12 is better defense. No, their offenses just suck. Yeah, basically. <clears throat> All right, <clears throat> who's next up on the list of Twitter questions? Next up on Twitter questions, loyal listener. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this designation on him. Number one listener, All right. Pat Donahue. Amen, brother. Wants to know, what are the Patriots doing at the quarterback position this season? <laughs> All right. So I am not giving out hope that they don't go out and get Cam Newton. I doubt it. It's a long shot. But 
Between Jared Stidham and Hoyer the Destroyer, I think Bill's just going to say, screw it, let me see if I can get Lawrence and win without Tom. And then he's going to retire. See, I think supposedly they believe in Stidham. Patriots fans believe in him now because Bill believes in him. Stidham's teammates are all talking him up. I think Stidham is their quarterback of the future. I don't think they're going to lose enough games to get Lawrence. Especially with that defense, they're not losing enough games. Stidham looked good in his preseason games. I know preseason isn't the end-all, be-all. But it's, it's, a good, it's a good predecessor predictor. But also, people forget Stidham was a five-star recruit out of Texas. And there was talk around the draft that the only reason he fell so far was because Gus Malzahn can't run an offense. That is true. And some people like to say he's an offensive-minded coach. No, he's not. He's not. He's a nothing-minded coach. Folks, for the record, Kev did go to the rival school. So, look, the two of their— Remember, also, Gus Malzahn was also one Kelvin Benjamin touchdown from a national title. Yeah, but also, he needs luck to beat certain teams. Alabama, he got lucky to have broke his hip. Kick six, luck that Alabama's kicking team, they didn't put enough athletes out there. Yeah, it wasn't great coaching by Nick Saban for once, but... And also, he should have done that because he should have known that Adam Griffith would not have hit that kick because <clears throat> Alabama kickers can't hit the broadside of a barn. Fair enough. All right. And our last question... Comes from one of my favorite people, my stepbrother. He wants to know, why do Jared's parents actually like Kevin? (laughs) All right. So, Cam, here's the story. They like Kevin because Kevin is like the perfect sidekick to me. Where I am loud, obnoxious, kind of a meathead, and at least I act like one. And I, um, Kevin is a lot. Kevin acts intelligent. Kevin has good manners, and Kevin parties just as hard as I do. And also, Kevin has good manners. So my parents love Kevin. <clears throat> I think I got real brownie points because I wouldn't have been helpful. But when we were on the vineyard and you all went outside, I was like, "Oh, can I do anything? Can I help clean up?" And your parents were like, "No, it's okay." So I think that won real brownie points with them. Yeah. Also, you were actually very social on vacation, and you, like, you know, included them, and, you know, like, you had beers with my dad and cigars with my dad. You know, I had a margarita with my mom when she was out there, too. So, yeah, Kevin wrote brownie points on Martha's Vineyard. (laughs) What can I say? I'm just a nice social person sometimes. At least somebody's mom likes you. That's true. Also, (laughs) we did have another question. Mom jumped for the win! One of my friends, he told me not to bring this up there. He was joking, but he said, "I." he doesn't have a Twitter, but I told him about it and said, do you have any questions? He said, oh, man, you know what I want to ask you, and it's offensive. I said, can it be read on air? He goes, but why'd she leave, Kev? Kev, we actually have one more question from a random guy named Kevin Wilson. Kevin, thank you for the question. Can I, can I answer Jared's question first? Yes, you can. My mom left because she decided she liked box. She loved box wine more than she loved her family. It's as simple as that. So basically, every junior in college. Yeah, except you know, most juniors in college don't uh, don't have 
a husband of 20 years and two kids. Yeah, fair enough. All right, and also we have one more question from uh, just came in actually from Kevin Wilson at Kevin sixty two Wilson S E A or whatever it is. I don't even know. Um, if baseball plays a shortened season, does the, it give the players or teams any advantage or disadvantage? Um, I'll go first in this one. It gives pitchers an advantage, especially later in the season, because their their arms aren't shot. They're in midseason form in like September, which is dangerous. I think it could be a lower scoring league if that if this is the case. But I also think because you also see during the dog also it would kind of eliminate the whole dog days. Yes, it'd be hot as hell in August as usual, but players won't be in their usual fatigue. So I think we can see a lot more of the extremes of baseball. I think we see a lot more home runs per at bat. Uh, a lot more Ks per nine innings. It's going to be a lot more elevated because guys got more energy. A lot more offense, a lot of great pitching. You're going to see a lot of extremes, I think. Yeah, I also think it will hurt certain guys. Kind of like, and he's a long way away from that, but he could play for a while. Like Mike Trout, you could argue he is chasing a lot of statistical records and not the not the advanced metrics, not war. Nobody no, cares about that crap. Come on. Mm-hmm. Hey. Nerds do. Yeah. Well, nerds really don't listen to my show because, you know, I, I say things that are kind of not nerds. I think war has its place in the league, honestly, but it should be. But it's a secondary stat. It, it's one of those things, like, if you're between two guys who are pretty similar, you go, okay, let's look at their war. Yeah. Like, when it comes down to, like, when you're when two outfielders are within a couple home runs of each other, a couple RBIs, batting average, slugging are all pretty similar. And they're playing a similar amount of games, or at least a total amount of games per that stat. Then yes, the war makes sense. Yeah, but but I mean, home runs. I think Mike Trout eventually could be in that conversation for he's pushing for that record. I think a short season would hurt him in that. I mean, I think even initially a 90, 100 game season, he'll still hit about maybe a 30, 35 dingers if he stays healthy. I also think some players will go, oh, we have a short season. Time to play out of my mind. That's what I'm thinking. Like, Araldis Chapman could be trying to put, like, 110 in the box, if it's possible. I think also certain pitchers now, if a team's in a playoff push, like you said, they're going to be better. They won't need as much rest towards the end of the season. Yes, you might have, like, my boy Mad Bum for the D-backs pitching on four days rest. Which I'd love to see. I... Wish we saw more pitchers do that. But Mad Bum was in rodeos in the offseason. I don't think he cares that much about his health. Yeah, he, he's just out there for the fun. All we right. have another question, too, by the way. Oh, we have one more. Damn, Twitter is coming up clutch right now. I'm loving this. The big bad boss, Mike Brown. Oh, God. M. Brown 021. It's OH21. Uh, project the NFC North division standings. I got this. All right, Mike, I'm going to tell you right now, the Lions aren't going to be good. Mm, They might be okay. Um, Number one, I have the Minnesota Vikings at 10 and 6. Um, Two, I have the Green Bay Packers at 9 and 7, not making the playoffs. I have the Chicago Bears at 7 and 9, missing the playoffs. And the Detroit Lions at 7 and 9, not making the playoffs. I think the Lions, Mike, will improve. 
I think they're going to be nipping at the heels. I love their draft. They're a year away. They really should think about drafting a quarterback next year. But I think at least for now, they are in a better spot. The Bears, it's fool's gold. Nick Foles isn't going to solve your problems, man. Um, the the Packers were the softest number two seed in NFC, in NFC history, and it showed that in the playoffs, and they didn't get any better. They got worse. Uh, and the Vikings got okay. They got a decent replacement for Diggs, but they still have Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I, I think it's – I actually can see the Packers going 12-4. and four. In winning this division. I don't really want them to, but I think drafting love will light a fire under Rogers' ass. And I can see him going back to an MVP type season, even with the lesser weapons he has. Yeah, he's a top 10 receiver, but outside Aaron Jones, not much else. But I think Aaron Rodgers is that good and can still be that good. Well, so we have to see what they're playing. They do play Philadelphia this year. They do play Minnesota twice. And they always lose one game to uh, Detroit. So we're going to have to see what happens. Honestly, like, I could see it being a rough season for Green Bay as well. That's kind of the way I'm leaning on this. I think the games they lose, it'll be heartbreaking for Packers fans, but I can still see them winning it. Uh, they're not going to get a bye, but. Oh, no, no, no. They're going to be a first round. They're going to be a division round exit. Like, I think Philadelphia, even I would even put, I think even Dallas is better off right now than uh, Green Bay is. But Dallas will be a wild card spot. Uh, San Fran, of course, is still the cream of the crop of the division. Tampa Bay or New Orleans, even Atlanta, I could take. I would take in a game over uh, Green Bay, just because of the speed. So I think Green Bay is the sixth best team in that conference, maybe seventh. They might sneak in the back end of the playoffs, in my opinion. But I even could take Minnesota over them, the way they have balanced Minnesota's defenses. Um, Kev, you ready for uh, some weird no, stuff? No, I just said one team. In the division. What? I, oh, crap. You, like, had, like, a 45-minute explanation. My bad. No, I had, like, a five-minute explanation, then you went on for 40 minutes. That's how it goes, man. I'm the host. Uh, Vikings going 11-5. and five. I think Justin Jefferson was a good pickup for them. Replaces Stephon Diggs. Um, I have the Bears going 7-9. and nine. It's just, I think the... Pick up a Swift. We'll take some pressure off Johnson and take some pressure off Stafford. And then I have the Bears going 4-12, and 5-11. Nick Foles has shown an inability to play outside of Philly. Fair enough. Or you might have a, a Bears manager saying, we want Trubisky. You gave him a two-round pick, a second-round pick, second-overall pick. All right. Now, Kevin, do you have something weird for me? I do. I was trying to pick two things, but we're going to go with – we're going to talk about Don Shula's son for a second. Oh, Mike. I, it's hysterical how there are coaches who are great coaches, and then their offspring is just awful. You know, you have the Shanahan's. That's not an example. Kyle's a great coach. They're a good Ryan. coach. Can't really win big games. But Mike Shula was such a bad coach. He replaced Mike Price at Alabama after he got fired for paying for strippers on the Alabama credit card. And I just like bringing that up. And he just was awful. His claim to fame 
is that he was the coach before uh, Nick Saban. He was blowing out um, Texas Tech and or no, he was blowing out a team in star receiver Tyron Prothero, kept him in the game. Dude shattered his leg, ended his career. He just never really did well. He went a combined 10 and 23 at the University of Alabama. He, I don't, the weird part is you'd think growing up at home with such a good coach, such a great coach, he would do well. Or at least that's your weird chip for today. Yeah. That's your weird chip for today. Mike Price sucks. Or not, well, Mike Price does too, but so does Mike Shula. All right. Last call. Quickly, rapid fire as we are approaching the 27-minute mark. We're going to do our top five coaches, if we were NFL players, who we'd love to play for. So, number five. Actually, no. Sorry. Each, me and Kevin each get an honorable mention of five choices. Number um, six. Late great Don Shula. Um, I love the style. Uh, a lot of ground to pound. A little bit of vertical passing to go along with it. Great defense. Uh, number five. Mike Ditka, Dub Bears. I mean, that team is just so much fun to watch. Um, number four, Jimmy Johnson. Not because of his Cowboys, but because of what he started at, at the U. I always respect him as coach, even though he coached for my most hated team. Uh, number three, the hoodie. Uh, I love Bill Belichick. I love his defensive schemes. I, I respect the intellectual in him. And if I was a defensive player, oh, if who had like a special skill set. I would pray to play for Belichick. Number two, um, Dougie P. And this is not Eagles bias here, but anytime a coach goes for fourth that fourth and goal in a Super Bowl with a trick play, I like coaches with big sets of cojones, and Doug Peterson fits the bill, man. And also, his offense, if you're an offensive player, is built to elevate crappy talent. <clears throat> Nelson Aguilar. Um, and number one, uh, Big Red, Andy Reid. Who's the quarterback whisperer? He made Donovan McNabb look like a Hall of Famer for a few years. Uh, there's no other question in my mind. I would love to play for Big Red. Dude pounds Big Max like uh, Derek, uh, like Derek, um, like uh, Legarrette Blunt pounds the secondary. It's it's amazing. I love Andy Reid, the Hawaiian shirts, the offense, the development of quarterbacks. No question. Kev, who do you got? My honorable mention is Andy Reid, actually. Uh, he just seems like a good guy. He can develop quarterbacks. I, I just want to be in a room with him. And then, number five, got to go Rex Ryan. He didn't Sam win games, but players loved him. Oh, yeah. He made consecutive AFC Championship games, so he could win games, but just didn't win big games, really. I would just love to play with that guy. I'd also love to be in a room with him. Number four, Pete Carroll. Another guy, you'll see a theme here. Another guy, a lot of players just love playing for. He seems to yeah. get along with his players, and he wins games. Win-win. Mm-hmm. Number three, Vince Lombardi. Just because being around that greatness would be incredible. Oh, yeah, he was my other album mentioned if I was going to pick one. He also helped revolutionize the passing game with Don Hudson. Mm-hmm. He's just a genius coach. Number two, John Harbaugh. He can he wins big games. I think he's kind of a dick to opposing teams in the media and stuff, and kind of whines too much. But if you have a coach like that on your team, you're not gonna hate him. 
Yeah, honestly, like he's, Tom Brady. Brady. he's a lot. He's not a choker like Jim. Yeah, and it's kind of like Tom Brady. Other fans hate him, but his fans love him. Oh, I respect the hell out of John Harbaugh. And also, seeing John Harbaugh on the sidelines with uh, with Lamar Jackson this season was awesome. Oh, yeah. And then, I think that was my two. Number I, one. I, I didn't even have question number one was. Number one is Bill Belichick. Because, look, if I sign there for a couple years, yeah, it's going to suck. It's going to be a lot of hard work, but I'm probably going to walk away with a Super Bowl. And then the next team I go to is giving me a contract that's way too big that I don't deserve. So I'll suck it up for a couple years, come out with a ring, and then make millions of dollars somewhere else. That's the American dream, folks. (laughs) That's a Pablo Sandoval dream. All righty. So that wraps it up for the Corner Booth today. A little shorter episode today. It's Cinco de Drinco, so, you know, we're all having fun out here today. Uh, be sure to check out Twitter Live. We'll be going uh, up at 6.30 on uh, our Twitter uh, at Corner Booth. Uh, be sure to check it out. Me and Kev always have fun with uh, the Corner Booth pregame. Another episode coming right afterward. Kev, you got anything else? Uh, yeah, you didn't say the day. It's on Thursday. I thought I said Thursday. You just said 6.30. I just want to make clear it's on Thursday just so no one tomorrow is tweeting at us, why aren't you live? I mean, we might... Hey, listen, man. If we start getting a lot of positive feedback, we may start doing it more days than just Thursday. That's true. I've been looking at how to stream Madden onto my Mac so we could play a game on that. Oh, that'd be awful. Oh, it'd be hysterical. We could show the listeners your true colors when you're playing Madden. Shh. <laughs> I might have to, like, like, literally just, like, hit myself with, like, a tranquilizer beforehand. Yeah. yeah that'd make my job easier. Um, <laughs> also... Follow Corner Booth Pod. It's at Corner Booth Pod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we ask a question, be sure to answer. We, we'll probably pick your question and answer it live on air. It can be about anything. I gave some examples on Twitter today. It's why is Jared so short? Why can't I get a date to save my life? I mean, one of my friends asked about my mother, so there's nothing I, off I limits. I made a mom joke on air, guys, and, and you know. There you there's go. Nothing like, off limits. Yeah, exactly. That's just how we run this show. It's like it, literally the whole point of the corner booth is like it's like you are sitting at the corner booth in a bar with your buddies talking sports. That's how it is. I'm Jared. That's Kevin. We'll catch y'all Thursday. Peace out. Bye. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network.